All right. Well, the sports world blew up this past week. How about it? Listen, man, it, it was quite. It's been quite the week, and we got it got even crazier today when Carson Wentz became a commie. Yeah, exactly, and the the red you know hair. More, yeah, exactly. You know who's more happy than anybody? Also, what's that? The Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, he'll be once again completing passes to Eagles again. <laughs> exactly right, and um, also winning games for the Eagles. Man, uh-huh. things explode. Bloated. Yeah. It's, um, and everyone's forgetting about Calvin Ridley already. Listen, I, I have some thoughts on that. Go ahead. I think, first of all, you have to be stupid to get, to be to be him and gamble. Yeah, That's just dumb. Whether it's, you think it's a, he should be allowed to gamble or not, it's dumb. Totally. It's against the rules, dude. They have... The way he got caught is because the NFL has this third-party service that monitors all these books, and that's how he got caught. First of all, you just don't have to use your name. You can have somebody else do it for you. Second of all, just don't gamble. Exactly. This was better than the Josh Shaw way. What's that? Josh I said this was better than Josh Shaw. I'm pretty sure Josh Shaw, who I don't even know if people remember, he was the guy at the USC. Cardinals? Yeah. He was the guy at USC who said that he broke both of his legs by jumping off a balcony to save his nephew in a pool or something like that. It turns out he was just running from the police. Oh, but yeah. what, happened, what, what happened with uh, Shaw is that he actually – uh, he signed up for something at a casino, and for his occupation, he wrote NFL player. And they were quickly able to keep tabs on what he was doing and found out that he wasn't following the rules. And uh, they quickly reported him. But, yeah, I regardless of what you think the rules should be, I look, there are a lot of people who think that 25-mile-per-hour 25, 25 speed limits should be 35s. It doesn't mean that you have to just drive 35, and if the cop pulls you over, say, well, here's what it should be. It's not how it works. So this, again, brings up the old Pete Rose discussion of, well, if you're betting on your own team, which he wasn't even playing in the games, but, again, this inside information now becomes an issue. But if you're betting on your own team, is that compromising the competition of sports? Uh, I I don't think so, but – there, t- there seem to be people who believe that if you allow that, then now you're opening Pandora's box uh, into well, what happens if they, what happens if they lose a bunch of money and now all of a sudden money is owed and look, that, look how easy that could be to just throw a game really quickly. So, right, I, I think, and I think a more interesting aspect of this is. Should you be allowed to bet on other games? Like, how no. much inside information do you think you have? Do you think is reasonable? Because there's ways around it for everybody. You and I could have inside information on something, right? And would it be illegal for us to go bet on it? I don't know. But obviously, no. these guys have former teammates and friends around the league. So I honestly wouldn't even be that upset if they legalized. If they legalized betting on other NFL games, just not your own. But, yeah, Calvin Ridley could have been betting on any other sport that's currently active, hockey, NBA. Uh, There's a lot of big-time college basketball games. Well, I guess this was back in November. 
but regardless, hockey and NBA were still going on. Uh, right. So he just bet on the one sport that he absolutely was not allowed to. Yeah, I, 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 I don't necessarily have a problem if you bet on your team because betting against your team is there's a lot more room for shady shit to happen because it, it just in Calvin Ridley's uh, sense, like Matt Ryan could have a bum, a bum shoulder one week and the public just doesn't know about it. He can say, Oh, okay, well then I'm betting against us because of Matt Ryan. So, but betting against you can't you can't bet on if Matt Ryan's going to throw 500 yards and five touchdowns. Like you you don't you can't you don't have enough insider information to think that. I think you should be able to bet on your own team and you should be able to bet on different sports. I don't think you should be able to allow to bet against your team because that's when you know you can start throwing the game. And by the way, all those videos that surface of uh, yeah, Ridley, Emmanuel Acho. Yeah, that guy's stupid. He's he, Emmanuel Acho's stupid. Like I don't, I don't. Well, I've always. Like, what's that? I said I've always hated him because he's had Ray Lewis syndrome, where he, everything he says, he just says it with the most dramatic inflections in his voice to right. make it sound like the most important thing ever. And then he's been, they've been raking him over the coals the past couple of weeks, and I've been actually enjoying it. He played like three, or three or four years in the NFL, and he's just stupid. Like. Yeah, this is a Ryan Rosillo joke because he tweeted it, but I'm going to say it. He's like, yeah, dude, if you think Calvin Ridley was purposely running backwards in zero to zero games to throw him, I think you need help because that's just not true. He, it's just – I can show you Tyreek Hill does the same thing. It's, it's, cra- it's just a crazy thing. I, everyone who thought that those videos – those specific videos where Ridley was running backwards, like – trying to avoid defenders like Tyree Kill does. It's just insane to me how you can look at them like, oh, yeah, he's throwing the game right there because he just lost the yard. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm, I'm not a – I, I kind of, for a second, opened my eyes to the possibilities of that being, well, you know, that looks shady. There was one uh, – th- there were a few in that little compilation he posted that were just absolutely a waste of time. There was one where I actually thought that he was in front of two people and held up, but I, I didn't check the scoreboard or anything like that. But there was one that I was like, okay, if if this came out that he was ever betting on games that he was actively playing in, this looks bad. But there were some others where it was like he caught the ball and then tried to like run under, like run backwards to run underneath the guy, so then he could like run all the way around the field. I don't know. But it, right. it didn't look like that out of character. There was one, though, where I thought he had two people already beat, and he kind of stopped. So, But, again, uh, it, it looks like they've investigated him, and whatever investigation they've come up with, it appears that he it only took place when he was not on the field. So I don't uh, – until more information comes out, I'm not really buying into that stuff. No, I'm not buying. It's just – I, I think suspending him for a year is a little outrageous, though. I think that's, uh, that's a little... They may the be trying to scare the rest of the league. I exa- Yeah, they're making an example out of him. But, I mean, the argument that the NFL has is partnered with a bunch of sports books, it's not, I mean, it's not a good argument, just because that's a business side. Like, 
nothing the NFL the NFL partnering with sportsbook is strictly business. Calvin Ridley betting on games, it's not business. It's more of you know leisure activity while he wasn't on the team. But that could turn into something like the NFL. If the NFL was partnering with these sports books and started doing shady shit, that would be probably the biggest news story on the planet right now, outside of you know a war breaking out. <laughs> but so that means nothing. That's just a nothing argument. The NFL sucks at delivering punishment. They're just so inconsistent about it. But I, I don't know. I it's I I really don't have much of an opinion on this because so many things happened immediately after it that it just completely left my brain. But other but other than like yes, Cal, yes, I think the betting I think suspending him for a year is a little outrageous. I think the reaction by some of these media members is a little outrageous. But at the same time, Calvin Ridley's a fucking idiot. Yeah, this isn't some like shocking story that oh my gosh, I didn't even know that gambling on in the NFL was a thing. Like right. everyone knows that you can't do this stuff. So Right. I, I, I did enjoy the gaggle of Eagles fans who all swarmed the Twitter to say uh, at NFL, Jalen Rager is also betting on sports. Please suspend him for a year. That I, I did get a kick out of that. Sorry, I'm just sending a message. But yeah, I am too. Uh, if they want to dig deeper, uh, I'm sure Baker Mayfield is doing some shady shit. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Any Browns players that you want to Yeah, Baker to? Mayfield. Um, do I Andrew see anybody Sandejo? other than Baker Mayfield? He's no longer there. Well, I did see a report somewhere that said like no, either Sandejo would be interested in the Browns or the Browns would be no, interested in them. You saw that <laughs> Voltax Sports report. That's exactly oh, what you saw because I oh, saw that too. Is that it? And it gave me one second of a heart attack and then I saw the <laughs> That must be a Browns fan who runs that page because that is some like a very specific inside joke. Uh, Ballsack Sports is starting to become like it's just the one Twitter account is just the guy, and then a bunch of other people, just random people, are starting to like make fake and Ballsack Sports insider accounts, and they're just tweeting stupid shit like that. It's kind of funny, but um, well, I, I must have gotten caught. I got caught. Yeah. Okay. So, do you want to do trivia first before we get to all the NFL news? Uh, yeah. Let's go for it. All right. I guess I'll, I'll I'll fire out the first question. I'm gonna I'll start you off with an easy one. Okay. It's college football. All right. Okay. So Justin Zwick bridged the gap between these two quarterbacks at what school? Justin Zwick bridged the gap between these two quarterbacks at what school? Yes. If he was I in Troy. Be... Go ahead. Go. He was in Troy Smith's recruiting class, um, but Troy Smith stole the starting job. I'll say he was between Craig Craig Krenzel was the one that I'm not entirely sure of. I know that it was Troy Smith on the back end because they were – I think they spent the exact same for you. And then Justin Zwick went on to be a Columbus Destroyer. But I'll say Craig Krenzel and Troy Smith. Yeah, that's correct. That is very right. correct. We're one for one. All right. There you go. I got to I gotta see here which one of my three. All right. Fine. Since you gave me one that I consider to be kind of on the easy side, I'll give you one that I think. It's either going to be 
way too easy or just the just the right amount of tough. Right. What is what is the name of Virginia Tech's football stadium? Oh, I know this one. Fuck. All right, might be the, just the right amount of tough. It is. It's the exact amount of tough. Perfect. That is what I'm going for. Because it's in my it, like again, like it's in my brain. I just don't know what it's. I just can't find it. I will. It starts with a W, does it? Does it start with a W? It does not. No, I thought it did. I will um, supply filler content for our audience by saying, I chose this question over what city does Oregon State play in? Because I actually, for whatever reason, thought you might know that one because you Corvallis. do watch Pac-12. Yeah, because you do watch Pac-12. Speaking Dark. of which, in one minute, my Oregon State Beavers tip off in the Pac-12 tournament, and I bet on them. Right? So Surprised they even qualify for the Pac-12 tournament, even though it's an automatic bid. Surprised they just uh, didn't get expelled. They haven't won since December tw- or December thirtieth. They have not won since then. That is so, funny. so bad. That's so funny to me. But they're they're nine point dogs today, and I like them against Oregon. Unfortunately, it's on the Pac twelve network, and nobody on the planet has the Pac twelve network. So I'm mm-hmm. struggling to find a stream here. But um, I honestly don't know the name of the stadium. It is Lane Stadium. Ah, that's right. That that was definitely in my brain. I just couldn't find it. All right, that's that's the just the appropriate amount of tough. That's what we're going for. Okay, uh, we'll let's shift let's over to crank base. up the heat a little bit. Yeah, let's shift over to baseball here. You might know this one just because it's such an interesting stat that you may have just heard it and just like it, you retain that information forever. But who is baseball? Who is the only player to win a batting title in three different decades? Oh man. Um Oh. I'm trying to think. Let's see 80s, 90s, 2000s. I don't know if uh, First of all, the only thing I know Cal Ripken for is that he played a bunch of games. I don't actually know how good he was. However, I assume that he was really good because he's in the Hall of Fame and was very quickly in the Hall of Fame. Um, Maybe uh, Tony Gwynn was in the 2006 Hall of Fame class with Cal Ripken, actually. So I'm thinking maybe Tony Gwynn got 80s, 90s, and then, oh, man, if he got, like, his final year in, like, 2000 or 2001, but that would be really hard to win the batting title in your last year. Nobody does that or else they wouldn't retire. Um, didn't Ortiz? He won the batting title in his final year. He went off in 2016. I'll, I'll look up his stats while you think about it. But he he went off. Oh, if I I don't. He didn't know. leave the league, but he had a 315 average. That's ridiculous. That's a good. He for actually him, led but... the league in doubles, RBI, slugging, and OPS that year. Um, Barry Bonds comes to mind, but I feel like there's no way that would be the answer to this question. All right, I'm just gonna. Oh, George, who's somebody who just played for? Uh, 
oh Hank Aaron or Stan Musial or Willie Mays. Those guys played for like twenty four years. So I'll, I'll or Ted Williams. He could be an option. Okay, I'm gonna have to pick between one of the really old guys just because I know that they all played twenty something years. Um, I'm gonna say Stan Musial. Uh, incorrect. Would you like another guess? All right. Well, I'm just gonna stick in that realm of either Willie Mays or. Ted Williams, or I, I, I deserve no credit for this, but for whatever reason, Mike Schmidt and George Brett both came to mind. But I'm not, I'm not going to say either of those two. I'll say uh, Willie Mays or Ted. I'll go Willie Mays. Uh, you actually said it. It's George Brett. That the... 80 and 90. Gosh darn! He was one of the first people who came to mind too, because. So weird that I read this last night. I was looking up the people who were in the 2020-20 group, and there were only like seven people. It was 20 doubles, 20 triples, and 20 home runs all in a season. And, um, man, I just I, – I, that's the only reason he was in my head. Otherwise, he absolutely would not have been in my head. But, all right, good, good question, good question. He won the batting title at age 37. That's crazy. That's really good. Okay. And let's see. He... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Here's I, – I, I, don't, I don't know how tough this is. I think it's going to be tough, but I think if you don't get it, you're going to be like, oh, man, I should have gotten that. All right. Which school had an offensive tackle get drafted in the top 10 in both the 2013 and 2014 NFL draft? 2013 and 2014. So 2013 was Fisher, who went number one. And, oh, what's his nuts? Luke Jokel went number two. I can't remember. It's definitely not Fisher because he went to Central Michigan. I can't. I think Jokel went to Texas A&M. But I'm trying to think of who's a different... Texas A&M lineman. You said 2013 and 2014? Correct. Okay. So I got I, the 2014 draft kind of, I think, sucked. So I got to kind of think about who was picked there. It sucked for the Browns, I'll tell you that much. Listen, many drafts suck for the Browns. <laughs> um, so 2014 is the year they took Justin Gilbert and Johnny Mansell. Good Christ. Um, <laughs> so that would have been the year Clowney went one. Greg Robinson went two, but he played at Auburn, and I don't think they had anybody in 2013. I'm trying to if I if I figure out who Luke Jokel went to college, I'll I think I'll get the answer. But I can't remember. Oh, uh, he went to Texas A&M. So, but who would another Texas A&M lineman be? Taylor Lewan went in the top ten that year. Did it, did Taylor Lewan go in the top ten that year in twenty fourteen? I don't think so, but he might have. He he was a first rounder. I can't remember if he was top ten or not. Okay, so Luke Jokel went to Texas A and M. I'm I'm going to say Texas A and M because I can't think of anything else. But I don't know who the twenty fourteen lineman would have been. He came from the royal family of football. 
Oh, uh, Jake Matthews. Yes. Right. Okay. Luke Jokel went second. Jake Matthews, I think, went sixth. Um, I think. I don't know. I I just remember Luke Jokel. That's all I remember. I knew it wasn't going to be central, another Central Michigan guy. So I just had to figure out who Luke Jokel went to. And Luke Jokel is in the, is in that elite class of first round draft picks who only lasted one contract in the NFL. Mm, good for him. Yeah, go Jaguars. That's right. Uh, I'm looking up the stream right now. Hold on. Uh, what are the stream services I like? All right, hey, it's tied at one. The Oregon game? No, no, this, tri- this oh. trivia game. I'm a little interested in my Beavers right now. But uh, I'll just read off the sec- my other question. Uh, college basketball. I think this one's going to be very tough. Just because right. I know you're not, like, big college basketball guy. I know you have a very baseline knowledge of college basketball. But, um, so... Name Let's the find final out. four teams the year Kemba Walker and UConn won the national championship in the year 2011. Just name – okay, uh, in other words, name the final four in 2011. Butler, I gave you one answer. Uh, UConn, Butler. Oh, man. Oh, boy. All right, here, com- here comes one from the clouds. <laughs> I have no idea what year this was. Malachi Richardson led a 10-seed Syracuse to the – or it was an 11-seed, one or the other, but led a double-digit seed Syracuse team to the Final Four, and I don't know if it was that year. It, but It was 11-seed, but I'm not going to tell you which year. Oh, man, it's right around that era. Uh, I'm, I'm going to end up picking them just because there's no way I'll be able to come up with two more. Right. UConn beat Butler – Oh, man. Sure, I'll say Syracuse just to make it easier. Um, uh, okay, hold on. Let's think, of, let's think of drafts here. Um, who on earth would have been drafted? In, okay, the year before – the year between John Wall and Anthony Davis, who on earth would have been between those two? First overall. No, Blake Griffin was the year before John Wall. If I, oh man, if I could just figure out who got drafted. And now, because it was Evan Turner went right after John Wall, so it wasn't. Damn. I just need to get the era in my head where. Uh, was it, it's a guy who. Well, I'm going to say this and watch it be like Kevin Durant or something. Uh, I was a guy who sucked. Who who would have gone first overall in 2011? You know, what? I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna mail it in and say that wouldn't have helped me anyway, just to make myself <laughs> feel better. I'm gonna say Syracuse, UConn, Butler, and Michigan State. Um, UConn, Butler. Say that again. I'm sorry. Okay, UConn beat Butler in the championship. Correct. And then just kind of throwing. Oh wait, Michigan no, State. that's not correct. That's not correct. No, I don't think so. Wait. Oh no, I'm thinking of a. I'm thinking of a different. I'm thinking of a, a different UConn here. You're thinking of Shabazz Napier, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I forgot. Yeah. 
So you got two, right, so far. The year when I'm trying to think of which year was Kemba Walker, which year was Shabazz Napier. Shabazz Napier was either 13 or 14. I believe that was uh, 14. All right, we're just gonna go Kemba Walker, but jeez, uh, Kemba Walker, UConn, <laughs> Butler, and then Syracuse and Michigan State. Okay, so Syracuse and Michigan State are wrong. I'll give you a yeah. hint. One is a blue blood, and the other was a Cinderella run to the Final Four. Oh, my gosh. I I just got it. Is it Shaka Smart? Did he coach VCU? Yes, he did. Then it was Shaka Smart. And then the other uh, one's a blue blood, so take your pick. It's not Kansas because VCU beat Kansas to get there. Correct. Um. Well, I, I'm not going to say UCLA. I'm going to say Duke or Kentucky. We'll go with. Yeah, we'll go with Duke. Uh, I was Kentucky. All right. Well. All right. I too have a basketball question for you. College. Pro, and I mm. think it's a tough one. I think. Because I, it's either you know it or you don't. I don't think it's one that you can come up with on uh, just straight off the top Let's of the dome. Which I might need to come up with a tiebreaker question. We might have to we might have to put a pause on oh, the game right. and go to and go talk about football, and then we both concoct tiebreaker questions while we're messing around talking about football, but and then end the show with a tiebreaker. But mm, I like that. Who was the third team in the 2011 Carmelo Anthony trade? Oh, I like it. Mm. Oh, thank goodness. Um, I'm, I have a guess, but I don't think it's right. The only reason I have a guess is because Allen Iverson played there. Was Allen Iverson a part of that deal? Uh, I No, but there was another point guard who was a part of that deal. Yeah, that Chauncey I, Billups. Yes. But was Chauncey and my my guess was the Pistons because I thought Allen Iverson and the Pistons, but now I'm thinking it's the Pistons because of Chauncey Billups. But I can't remember if Chauncey Billups was traded from Detroit to Denver, or I can't rem- I can't oh fuck I can't remember. Let me think. The Pistons immediately came to my head. But I don't think that's right now that I'm thinking about it. I don't know why, but I said Pistons. In my head, I said Pistons. Oh, wait. Or is it the Trailblazers? Because it's obviously Denver or New York. Uh, yeah, Denver and New York are the first two teams. Obviously, Carmelo Anthony going from the Nuggets to the Knicks. And the Knicks stupidly trading a bunch of players for Carmelo Anthony, despite the fact that he was about to be a free agent and was probably going to come to New York anyway in about six months. Yeah, that's true. Um, Christ. I think I, now that Chauncey Billups, because I, I don't, I don't know when Chauncey Billups was traded out of Detroit. That's the problem. I don't know either. Technically, it makes me believe it's not Detroit. 
Or maybe you're just playing mind games with me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being honest. Hmm. Okay, I'm crossing off Detroit. All right, I three don't down, think, I think... 27 to go. Yeah. Let's see. My only other guess right now is Portland, and I have no reason. I have no backing up of that. I just it just came to my head. Portland. It was the Minnesota Timberwolves. Sure. They sent Corey Brewer to the Nuggets, and they received Anthony Randolph from the Knicks. Sure, I, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. I, All right. I, I, I'm working though. Uh, we're gonna have to come up with tiebreaker questions and end the show with it, and, yeah. and we'll we'll have to come up with that uh, while the other talks. But we break down some of the crazy news of the week. So let's start with Aaron Rodgers. After all this speculation of retirement and holding out and this, that, and the other, uh, also worth mentioning by the way, Devontae Adams was franchise tagged. So the yeah. Green Bay Packers are gonna be running it back next year. Uh, yeah, they're going to be running it all the way back home because they choke in the playoffs. But um, listen, Aaron Rod- Aaron Rodgers is the most difficult human being I think on the planet because not he confirmed that he's going back to Green Bay, but he also said that I actually haven't signed the deal yet. It's a and you know <laughs> he's doing this on fucking purpose because he's such an annoying little twat and he knows that he's pissing people like me off. You know. Aaron Rodgers has me on his brain, and he knows I'm. He's pissing me off. <laughs> God, well, it's like he won his giant standoff with the Packers, so his ego is only getting inflated from this. I'd argue and, the Packers won that standoff. Oh, by keeping him? Yeah. Well, I mean, the Packers would much rather have kept Aaron Rodgers than traded Aaron Rodgers. Yes, and now what happens? I guess we have like a new Jimmy Garoppolo in the NFL and Jordan Love because he's just kind of sitting there and no one really knows bad. what's going to happen with him. Uh, yeah, the well, poor dude, man. Possibly. Yeah, his uh, all of his chances to flirt. Although, hey, look at Jimmy Garoppolo. He turned out to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL uh, at one point in time, which I get a load of that. But, <laughs> but uh, Jimmy G sat around for I, – I, Gosh, was it three or four years? I don't quite remember, to be honest. But I remember there was discussions of like, well, what are you going to do? Franchise tag a backup quarterback just to keep him on the roster? Because obviously no one knew what was going to happen with Brady because no one was able to predict that he was going to play like five more years or whatever it was at the time. But now we're possibly going to see the Denver Broncos find a way to get two contracts out of Russell Wilson before he calls it quits. Who knows? But Aaron Rodgers returns to Green Bay. The reported contract was four years, $200 million, which if you're good at math, that's $50 million a year, which is unheard of. I don't even know if Patrick Mahomes is set to make that much. I know he's close. So we're starting to see NFL quarterbacks get toward the NBA money that everyone is reaching because Dame Lillard, I don't know if people realize this, Dame Lillard is about to make $54 million in one season very soon. (laughs) So the money that is going around now, once again, I don't know if it's a good thing, and I don't know how they could possibly correct this trend. 
But because I don't think I don't really think with the way that sports makes money, I don't think people trend it backwards and how much money they're willing to pay people. So this is almost DJ looking like a major league baseball situation of where you're basically centering your entire roster around one person. Now it makes more sense in football than in baseball because baseball is almost an individual sport within a team sport. It's almost just like the sum of the individuals, but with the quarterback position, obviously it affects so many different people around the team, but it's really hard in my estimation to be able to kind of have that triple threat of a good quarterback, a good offensive line, and a good pass rush on the defense if right. you're investing this much money. So I don't really know what this means long-term for the NFL, but this is prob- this is going to be a one-shot deal with Aaron Rodgers. And then I guess we'll see what happens when all of those contracts expire in Kansas City because I'm convinced Brett, Brett Veach is just – not following the rules one way or another with, with his uh, his finances, but I, I guess one one more go one more go around meaning four years on one contract. But I I, I don't know where we go from here. But the two time running MVP is not going anywhere. I mean, what's the likelihood that he's going to finish this contract? Um, if if it, sure, if it does sure end up looks being good. If it does end up being four years, two hundred million, because he's what? How old is he? He's like thirty nine right now. Uh, yeah, he's old. Yeah, very. Um, the highest AAV in the NFL right now is Patrick Mahomes, forty five million a year. But um, this is a win for both sides. Like this is the very rare time where it becomes a win for both sides because. Aaron Rodgers got what he wants. He's the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history, highest-paid player in NFL history. And the Packers get arguably four more years of Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah, you can say, oh, he's 39. He's one back-to-back MVPs. I, they, it's, I, I don't know why they choked, though. This year, you can argue, is because the special teams kind of fucked them. But, again, they didn't really do anything on offense that game. And the year before or the previous two years when they played in the NFC Championship game, they ran into Tom Brady, and Matt LaFleur had just crapped his jeans inside the 10-yard <laughs> line at the end of the game. And then they lost to the 49ers, who threw the ball five times. So, it's yeah, it's great to have Aaron Rodgers, and you absolutely would love to have Aaron Rodgers. But, like, again, one Super Bowl for Aaron Rodgers, not even getting back to the Super Bowl is a little outrageous. I agree, and I do think that Aaron Rodgers played very poorly in the 49ers game. He was – like, if I'm going to criticize Tom Brady – Tom Brady's last year in New England, I criticized him as just being a check-down master all season long and, <laughs> you know, whatever. Then he loses in his final game. Final pass of his career is a pick six against the Titans. Lame. Tough. Well, oh, final, final pass of his tenure in New England, I should say. But no, he threw a hail mary. Um, he oh he did, I guess. Yeah, because that, there was like one right. second left after after the Titans scored. All right, so he, he saved his reputation with that. Yeah, but yeah Aaron Rodgers in that in that game against the Forty ers As much as I backed Aaron Rodgers, he just he was just checked down all the way. Didn't 
manufacture any offense, just a, a total dud offensively. Now, uh, his special teams definitely did not help him w- whatsoever. No. So I will I will say, as much as I've defended him, this offseason is not a great offseason for me to defend him, coming off his most recent performance. But I still think – but he's a, he's a two-time running MVP, and I know that his age doesn't look very good. But if he still wants to play – He's playing at an incredibly high level, so I'm not going to act like this is, you know, some ridiculous move by the Green Bay Packers. Now, again, the this move might be ridiculous because you are basically just paying one person in your entire roster, and I don't know how well that goes. But although the the salary cap was supposed, from what I've heard, the salary cap is supposed to take a big jump next year. I think it's going to be like 220 something million. So yeah. I, maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that maybe they actually will be able to afford a good roster around him. Although, again, that that suggests that Green Bay is going to make some good free agency moves, which is the entire reason that, or is at least a part of the reason that Aaron Rodgers wanted out of Green Bay to begin with, because he felt like he wasn't having any sort of a supporting cast for decades that matched his level of performance on the field, which I don't disagree with whatsoever. But I I just I, – I can't even fathom the numbers that we're seeing. But I do think that he is fully capable of producing. So I'm willing to turn a blind eye to his age. Maybe a couple of years he'll just hit some massive wall. But Tom Brady didn't appear to hit a massive wall. It, no. Drew Brees did. And then he got he got out of there and retired. Now right. is Aaron Rodgers the you know selfish sob who will be go out there and be terrible just for the sake of making fifty fifty million dollars for a season, opposed to just maybe calling it quits to save his own career reputation, so we don't have to watch him be mediocre. I don't know. Um, I, if I were given the threat of retirement already, I don't think that he would actually. Sit or go out there and willingly lay an egg just because. Well, you know what, fifty million dollars. I, I can make fifty million dollars and look bad. Fine with me. I don't know, but I don't think this is some crazy move for the Packers. I like it's just the era we live in where these quarterbacks can play forever, seemingly. Yeah, I, kind of kind of a wild time where the best quarterbacks the past couple of years have been senior citizens. Yeah, but um, I, then they're all some of the best, like you just said. Brady was what was he second place for the MVP this year? Uh, I, I at least Cooper second Cuff quarterback. Was. He he definitely would have been the second quarterback, but I think Cooper Cup came in second. Which is We're, like, how do you win offensive like offensive player of the year? Seems like that should just be like this the runner up for MVP. That should just be the award, offensive player of the year. Yeah. And okay. When was the last time somebody won MVP and Offensive Player of the Year? I don't know. I think it's that would have been a unique. tremendous. That would have been a tremendous final question. Yeah, I just I, I think it's been kind of unanimously uh, just accepted, basically, that whoever wins Offensive Player of the Year is just second place because we right. already have an award for the guy who is the actual Offensive Player of the Year. Right. That, that's. 
that that's got me wondering. I wonder, especially so if, what, if, if. Go ahead. I was going to say. So, what do you make of the uh, the blockbuster deal between the Seahawks and the Broncos? I thought about to say the blockbuster deal between the the commies and the Colts, but um, <laughs> that 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 was obviously a surprise. I, I my thought was the only way Russell Wilson is getting traded is if Pete Carroll was already gone because Pete Carroll has said he does not look at my beavers. There's clawing back. I found a stream, but um, they're wearing these deplorable highlighter orange uniforms though, which is <laughs> not great. But um, I, I, I was a little it, – it, it caught – I think it caught everyone off guard because nobody was really – because, you know, we just had the Aaron Rodgers news and then like 30 seconds later, Russell Wilson on the move. I just find it – I just find it to be an alpha move to trade for the quarterback that whooped your ass in the Super Bowl. But um, – um, Absolutely. Let me, I, let me pull up the full details of the although trade. I'm sure that one team got fleeced. Russell Wilson trade. Let me. Let me well, because I, I don't remember the other two names. But if um, you wanna, if you wanna measure up star potential and because I know Colin Coward, he always says whoever gets a star wins the trade. But that's right. If you want, if you want to measure the trade in, in terms of resources and capital and this and that, then you can see it from the Broncos' perspective or uh, the Seahawks' perspective that they won, but. They I, are going to be bad. Yeah. Oh no, they're they're definitely going to be bad. They released Bobby Wagner. Who knows that seems do like it was done as a favor. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I, I'm surprised they weren't able to trade him, but I think that's more. You know, he was there for a while, and it's kind of a respect thing. Like, hey, you go choose your team. But um, and it's it's obviously different for Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson is a hot commodity, and you can get a lot for him. Whereas Bobby Wagner, you're probably not going to get a lot of value for him. But Denver did first, including the ninth pick this year. Two seconds. Uh, Fant, whoever that 30-year-old defensive lineman was. I can't remember his name now. But um, Something Drew Locke, which is ultimately a, a, a negative if Drew Locke is on your roster. Shelby Harris is his name. <laughs> Shelby Harris is actually a decent defensive lineman. He's just 30 years old, and you can find a cheaper option uh, in free agency. I get they're just kind of bringing in players. They're bringing in Drew Locke just to kick the tires. Maybe a change of scenery will do something for him. No offense, flash potential. And Shelby Harris is just kind of a veteran player to put in there because, you know, you're going to have some lean years ahead. But I think – because Russell Wilson came out and said that Denver was the only team he wanted to get traded to, and he had the full no-trade clause and everything. So Seattle's back was against the wall in terms of what they were going to get, although I don't think this haul is very good. It's good It's good because this is the maximum value they were probably going to get for Russell Wilson, but it's also bad because, you know, yeah, Noah Fan. Noah Fan, I like that. I, li- I like grabbing Noah Fan. He's a solid player. Grabbing a top 10 pick is solid. Unfortunately, it's not a quarterback draft, so that kind of sucks. But And Denver's probably – that pick's probably going to be high 20s next year. Uh, Second-round picks are, you know, they're fine. But if I had to grade both sides of this trade, I would give Denver an A because that roster is championship-ready. Uh, they just needed a quarterback, in which they have 
the the least amount of luck unless they fall ass backwards into a generational talent uh, like John Elway or Peyton Manning. But I would I would give Denver an A because with Russell Wilson, they're a Super Bowl contender. Even with a marginally good quarterback, they're a Super Bowl contender just because that roster is so good. Seattle, on the other hand, it, it's hard to give them a positive grade because you know they're about to head into a rebuild and they don't have a viable option at quarterback unless they want to run it with Geno Smith and Drew Locke, which, I mean, good luck selling the Seattle fans on Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. So it, I, 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 if I were Seattle – I would like I, I wrote something about it earlier in the year where Seattle just needs to blow it up because they're not good enough to compete with Russell Wilson. Just blow it up. Tell Pete Carroll it's been fun. Thanks for the Super Bowl. Thanks for the two Super Bowl appearances. Uh, but we need we need we need to move on. We need to start. What this is going to be a tough year this upcoming year because we're not going to have a good quarterback unless you know unless they take one of the rookies and he explodes like Malik Willis or whatever, but uh, g- grab as many assets as you can at this point and make a run at Stroud or Bryce Young next year. And then just kind of go from there. Like they're this year should be totally focused on rebuilding that defense, grabbing a few pieces on offense, maybe, you know, grab a late round receiver, see if that can turn into anything, pair them up with DK Metcalf. So I, 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 I I'm, I'm happy. I like watching rebuilding teams when they're not my team, just because I can like, because I like rebuilding teams in my head and I've been rebuilding the Seahawks for the past two years in my head. <laughs> so my plan for the Seahawks is build the defense this year. Get that. That was such a key piece to your Super Bowl run was that dominating defense. Uh, and then worry about, worry about just get, get the court, get the right quarterback. Don't rush yourself into a quarterback, get the right quarterback. One thing that I thought of with this trade was where does this stand for Pete Carroll? Because moving forward, I don't want to – part of me doesn't want to see Pete Carroll basically just have the twilight of his career be spent losing a bunch of games because I feel like that will kind of sour the memory of just how good this Seattle franchise was. But another part of me doesn't want to to see just, hey – Go ahead and be a Sean Payton and just quit when you stop winning. Like that doesn't Aww. that doesn't necessarily sit well with me either. And there's another part of me that says, "Dude, you ruined my life in 2005 when you when Reggie Bush shoved Matt Leonard into Aww. the end zone Aww. in in South Bend. I was having none of that. So there's a part of me that says you you deserve to suffer and, and <laughs> sit here and lose with a crappy roster. But I just I really I wonder how this is gonna go. Because I just always, in my mind, for whatever reason, envisioned those two exiting together, Russell Wilson right. and Pete Carroll, especially since Russell Wilson, when all of the roster changed, particularly on the defense side of the ball, and, and now with Bobby Wagner also leaving, it just feels like the ending of an era. Um, mm-hmm. And it just wouldn't really make sense in my head. It, there's the If you think of this like a, a play or a theater or whatever, it just would not make sense for Pete Carroll to stay with those two exiting when those were the only two constants in a in an ever changing franchise post uh, I I don't know post Malcolm Butler I guess but oh. I wait I mean that's that's what happened yeah after, 
after that, uh, there was there were the rumors that Richard Sherman never forgave Pete Carroll for not throwing the ball or whatever, and then Relax. the entire <laughs> the entire roster basically flipped over and everyone left except for those guys. So it doesn't it just I can't even see it in my head. It's it's again kind of like Sean Payton and Drew Brees. It almost mm-hmm. you can't picture one without the other. So right. part of me doesn't even want to see Pete Carroll. And also Pete Carroll's 70 years old. So I don't know how much time he plans on coaching any longer to begin with. But now makes in that all of his old buddies that he basically built Jerusalem with, he, he, they're, they're all gone. So I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think it really makes sense in the grand scheme of things. Although – now it may, maybe he launches the greatest whatever the greatest rebuild of all time, and maybe maybe they're going to strike gold with Drew Locke, and he's going to just he's going to tap into uh, I don't even know what I'm saying because they're probably going to draft a quarterback with that new ninth pick that they just acquired, which is going to be a fun really toy for sure. them. Um, I I agree. I think I'm just committing committing one season with Drew Locke, and then next year. Then go back to the drawing board with the right. next year's quarterback class. That makes way more sense to me. I like that point. Right. It's yeah. It, it's a it's a tough spot to be as a franchise. You trade your franchise quarterback, the best player who has ever played for your franchise, away, and your head coach is seventy years old. So it's a tough, tough position to be in. Um, I, I, like I, I just said a couple minutes ago, I would like to see them just build the team and then worry about the quarterback later, because even if you draft the quarterback, unless he turns into Patrick Mahomes, he's not gonna, he's not gonna do anything for your team this year. So just build around whichever quarterback you're going to be outside of Stroud and Young. I don't really know how strong the 23 class is, but, um, yeah, I, it, it's just tough. I can't. Pete Carroll just seems like such a cool guy, though. Like, everything I read about this guy is he's beloved by every one of his players, uh, apparently except for Richard Sherman, who, you know, get the fuck over it, dude. It happened. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, it's not like you haven't fucked up in your NFL career. So, and it, yeah, I, I, now I really want to know if he was actually serious about, like, never forgiving him. Because that's that's so weird. Well, there was also, if you remember, there was some because, weird. Can, can, before go you go, I, I don't. E- I didn't even think it was that bad of a play call, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I didn't who, either. What was it? Lockett, who was the receive, the target receiver. Either way, it was um, whoever it was. I don't know, but he I, was I heard a stat fairly recently, actually. That said that Marshawn Lynch was like – he got stuffed like 75% of the time on the one-yard line or whatever. Like teams were in the box all season right. long just stacking against him. So like statistically, it also kind of made sense to throw it. But I also just in what general did not think it was that blasphemous of a play. I think it so just I'm went horribly it. wrong. So I just – I have another bet that just came on. Nebraska-Northwestern. I got Nebraska plus four and a half. It's on the Big Ten Network. It's like the screen is like black and gray, but I can still see the colors. It's so weird. That I don't even understand that. I don't either. I don't I don't know what I'm looking at right now. Like it's I don't know, it's so bizarre. But anyway, um 
Oh, what was the point I was going to make? Oh, the play call. It's like whoever he was throwing to, I mean, he was wide open. <laughs> it's just Malcolm Butler made an unbelievable play. Like yeah, and then you, made himself a lot of money and a lot of Pro Bowls off of one play. Right, and if you if there's a there's an angle on YouTube where the guy where a guy a cameraman is filming in the corner of the end zone, and you can just see like if Russell Wilson throws that point two seconds earlier, that's a touchdown. But Malcolm Butler, it was the perfect read. It was the perfect play. I well, is his first down was it first and goal or second and goal? If it was, I, he, I don't even remember. I think it was second and goal. Now that I'm saying it, but um, even if it fails, you got two more chances to punch it in with Marshawn Lynch. So catch them off guard. Unfortunately, they absolutely did not catch them off guard, and it led to them losing. I, so I get it. I get why it's regarded as the worst play call of all time because it cost them a Super Bowl, and Marshawn Lynch was that dude during that time. To you know, if anybody to gain a yard, it's Marshawn Lynch. But it really was not that bad of a play call. I think people just overreact because it was the ultimately led to them losing the Super Bowl. Yeah, and by the way, get that uh, question for those tiebreaker questions prepared. But That's also right. keep keep in mind this that there was some like weird rivalry between the Seahawks offense and the Seahawks defense. Like the guys on defense really? didn't like Russell Wilson. Um, so there was kind of some infighting, so it kind of just really combusted after that Super Everyone's Bowl. Everyone's a baby. I, I know. And then Richard Sermon went to San Francisco. He went in the division, and then he went to the Buccaneers, and I'm pretty sure got torched at some point. Um, no, it wasn't that oh, good. Oh, no, it was, uh, was Jalen Ramsey who got torched. But then Cooper Cup, he, uh, Cooper Cup saved the day, and they ended up kicking a field goal winning, and everyone was happy. But uh, from again, from Pete Carroll's perspective, I would I think it would be a nice poetic send off for him to, you know, kind of evaporate into retirement. I, I don't really want to see it. See, I, I, I he's seventy years old, which makes me think that his time is soon going to be over. But it's not like he's just going to develop dementia and forget how to coach. So if he wanted to, he could somewhere mm-hmm. else. Uh, I, I do not think he's going to go back to college. I've heard some people no, suggest no that. I, I think he's, I think time has passed him by. No, this it's is been, his last stop. Yeah. It's been over a decade. I, I think he needs to go just because it, it makes sense at this point in time. He doesn't have to go if he doesn't want to. I'm not trying to tell him what to do, but it would just, Who's the it would GM? just feel right. Do you know that? I don't know. I because I was thinking maybe it was like a Patriot situation where you know how Bill Belichick's like the GM as well maybe it was something like that. Um, I don't know, but if that were the case, then they would have two people to replace if he were to go. <laughs> uh, by the way, I totally I will gladly take them up about... on that offer. They yes. can pay me twenty five thousand dollars a year. I will rebuild the goddamn Seahawks. Uh huh. That's right. Uh, I I totally co-sign what you said about Denver, by the way. I, they've had a really good roster outside of the quarterback position. It was either last offseason or the offseason before that. It was whenever they acquired Melvin Gordon and Jarrell Casey. They had a really good offseason. And by the way, I know they lost Noah Fant in this trade. They have a really good tight end who they drafted, Albert O. Don't know his last name. I know, yeah, but, I, I know who you're talking about. I, I just call him Albert O because he got a really confusing last name. Right. Someone with a complicated last name myself i sympathize but 
Uh, he, I think he can fill that void for whatever reason. Tim Patrick's kind of good. And by the yeah, way, right. they also have Jerry Judy and KJ Pretty Hamler good. and a bunch of other guys. So I think Russell Wilson is going to have weapons. Uh, Garrett Bowles was thought of to be a really bad left tackle until all of a sudden he was good. He's really good. Yeah, so he kind of fixed his problem. So it's nice to know that Russell Wilson is going to have a good offensive line. In addition to that, well, uh, at least at the left tackle, I think right tackle, they're trying to sure that spot up. Not really sure what's going on. But, uh, oh, by the way, uh, one of the best players in your franchise's history wants to come back and is already, which doesn't make any sense because uh, you're not supposed to be talking to teams about free agency right now because mm-hmm. free agency hasn't started. But Von Miller already asking, what jersey number should I wear when I go back to Denver? <laughs> um, okay. So, All right, so man. Von Miller might be making his return. So this is uh, absolutely awesome that what what's happening for the Denver Broncos. I'm happy for him because I do I I really have believed in their roster. It's just this is a surprise to nobody. They just had quarterback issues that have kind of ransacked everything, uh, as well as playing in the toughest division as far as quarterbacks go. And now you have who I believe to be the second best quarterback in the division, and with the roster behind him. They can compete to be division champions. So it's a great day for the Denver Broncos. I'm incredibly happy for them. And now all of that talent isn't going to go to waste because they have a real quarterback. That in AFC West, that's going to be a battle. That is going to be a battle. I mean, you got Mahomes. You got now Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr can throw the football. I can confirm that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Derek Carr is very good. I don't. I, I, I Derek Carr is an easy target, but he is very good. I would love to have him on the Browns, but they're not. I don't think they're going to trade him. But um, yeah, it pisses me off a little bit that Russell Wilson got traded into the AFC because that's just another team that's going to compete with the Browns for the wild card. Because I absolutely do not believe the Browns are going to win the division this year. I think Baltimore is just because they suffered so many injuries last year. I wonder what who I bet the Bengals are favored, but let's see. I'll pull that up real quick, and then we'll get to the question, our tie-breaking trivia question. I just believe in the yo-yo effect of the NFL. Teams go up, they go down. I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to just return to no, where I, they no, were, no. especially Actually, the Their offensive line was very bad, and they somehow hid that for a, a bit of time. Uh, yeah, Joe Burrow also got banged up in the Super Bowl at the end. There, right. there's just a lot of red flags about that Bengals team that makes me not confident in them. But also, just in general, I think they overperform. I, I don't think oh, yeah, that this was some gigantic Super Bowl window that they were poised for, like the Rams, where they just went all in. No, they just they had the perfect path in the playoffs. They started with the Raiders, very winnable. Very winnable team to play against. And then the Titans, who are, you know, they were the one seed for a reason, but they're a bit, they were a weak one seed just because their offense outside of Derrick Henry, who made his return after being out forever, uh, doesn't really scare you. And then the Chiefs, they ran into the Chiefs, who shit the bed in the second half. And at home, you're not go- that's not going to happen again. The Chiefs are not going to shit the bed at home in the playoffs against the Cincinnati Bengals again. I, I just don't believe it. If it happens, it happens, but I'm not going to believe it. Ravens are actually favored to win the division, plus 175. 
Bengals plus 200, Browns plus 320, and then Steelers plus 500. Oh, it doesn't feel right that we're at the bottom of the barrel, but... Yes, it does. I guess... There is a report. Well, it depends. Somebody who, there's somebody who's reporting that if the Sean Watson's legal situation clears up on Friday, that Pittsburgh is a very heavy candidate to trade for him. I... Oh, man, I'm ready for all the jokes that come my yeah. way. Yeah, this is... Oregon State, I need it better. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough transition. But, um... I'm just looking at these division winners now. Kansas City is plus 105. I'm just looking to see if there's any interesting lines, and then we can get to the question. Plus 105. Who's second? Denver. At what? Plus 230. Los Angeles plus 360. And then Raiders plus 1,000. I'm going to take the Texans to win the AFC South. That's what I'm going to do. All these Justin Herbert bros better be uh, oh. better be backing them up. They better be throwing their money Why down. Why do you hate Justin Herbert? Because he hasn't made the playoffs. Oh, and he doesn't have a bad roster. Joe Burrow has a bad roster and just made it to the Super Bowl. I feel like that was more magic than anything. Which, okay, I agree with that. But I do have to at least acknowledge it because yeah. look, I I don't think that's yeah. gonna continue. And if if we're if we were drafting for next year, I would rather have Justin Herbert just because I think I, I do then think that, that was some over over Joe Burrow because I do think that was so I am predicting Justin Herbert will be better. I think Joe Burrow has been better. But the rankings that right. everybody's – the quarterback rankings everybody's already putting out is like, oh, Justin, Ber- Justin Herbert's the third-best quarterback. He hasn't proven it. I think that there's reason to be optimistic about him, and I also think there's reason to think that the Bengals overperformed but from what has already taken place. I, I don't – that's like that's like having Zion Williamson in your all-time top ten for in NBA history. Oh, well, he's played two seasons, and he was already an all-star in one of them, and he uh, would have been an all-star in the other, but – but he didn't play enough games. No, he was okay, we just we can't just assume. So I don't think that I don't think it's absolutely I don't think it's correct to have Justin Herbert, especially when he has Keenan Allen at one receiver and the new I can't even believe I'm saying this twenty million dollar Mike Williams on the other oh, yeah. side. Uh, Mike Williams, who I love. Because I'm, and you're about to give me the aw, but I get it, get it wound up because here it comes. I love Mike Williams because he absolutely embarrassed Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> That's why I love him because he had a big role in that 31 nothing shutout in yeah. in, uh, in Arizona. But and I, I I've I've always thought that he was really talented, but his performance has been a little bit all over the place. But he he's his catch radius is ridiculous. Uh, he yeah. had one catch this year. I think uh, I don't. Even, I can't even swear to he's this being against the Raiders. I I know, but he's on a good team. They allow the top half of the of the AFC into the playoffs. Justin Herbert, you got to make it there, dude. But yeah, I agree. They them not making the playoffs this year is pretty insane because they they lost a couple winnable games. Uh, the Thursday night game against the Chiefs, they absolutely should have beat them. They didn't. I bet on the Chiefs, credit to me. But, um, yeah, it, 
I, I get what you're saying, but you're also the number one hater of all time. So, um, well, everybody's everybody's saying. I, I I've been texting my friends, and they and they said, well, you know, if Justin Herbert doesn't make the playoffs this year, then I'll bring him down. Hold on, what sense does that make? You are overreact. You are being overreactionary in placing him as high as you are in your rankings. And then if next year he goes 0 for three with three seasons of missing the playoffs again with someone in his draft class having already appeared in a Super Bowl. With, with what I deem to be a pretty bad roster and a pretty bad offensive line. But, yes, I will admit Jamar Chase has, has been awesome in his, in his only season in the NFL. That, it makes way more sense to wait until he does it than to just watch him and say, oh, yeah, top five, top five quarterback in the National Football League. And then, oh, if he, dis- if, if he keeps doing what he's doing, then we'll bring him down. But let's throw him in because of what we expect to happen in the future. I don't think he's earned that. I, too, expect him, just like everybody else, to be awesome this season, next season, the season after that. And I expect him to make the playoffs because it's about time. But I'm not ready. I don't think he's earned his spot yet. I think he will get there, just like everybody else. But everybody, everybody else's rankings, everyone is more overreactionary than I. I will say all your points are correct, by the way. That but is fantastic. Thank you. He's played two years in the NFL, so I'm not going to bury the guy for not making the playoffs after two years. But they absolutely should have made the playoffs last year. They choked. Uh, his first year was good. His first year was sensational for a rookie. His, I mean, he completed 66% of his passes this year, 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns. 15 interceptions isn't great, but it is what it is at this point. I'll give you this, too. I think his coach is stupid. His coach is going forward on fourth down on his own 20-yard line because the analytics tell him to. That's the John Carroll you're talking about there. I know, and I I have a lot of respect for John Carroll. I understand entirely what it means to the football world. Thank you, you, Don Shula. That's right. I I, I don't like this coach. (laughs) Despite the fact that his coach was my cousin's defensive coordinator – in, when my cousin played really? at John Carroll, yes, I um, my cousin, by the way, who just got a quality control job with the Raiders, so he now lives in there Vegas under Josh McDaniels. Um, th- how about this? The uh, the, this is how much the John Carroll uh community supports each other. My cousin had never met Josh McDaniels, but Josh McDaniels hired him just because he went to John Carroll. How about that? That is pretty so, cool. So, I mean, is uh, Casario the GM? Did he come over? Or not Casario. Who came over? Uh, Ziggler? Yeah, Ziggler. I don't know, but I know it's not Mike Mayock. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, definitely not. Casario's in Houston. Uh, he's a John Carroll guy. But the guy he brought over to be his GM was the guy who's going to bring over if he got the Browns job. Because they're both John Carroll guys. The Patriots had like eight people in their front office that were from John Carroll. Yes, and... That's basically what I heard was that my cousin was basically told, like, like McDaniels told him, I, like, I come from the Patriots. We like to promote from within. So work hard. And if you do well, right. well, we'll give you some more spots and then you'll work your way up. So he's uh, there's a chance that he could rise his way up from within, or at least that's what, you know, Uh-oh. the big man told him. So that's optimistic. But uh, that is, that is, I, that is I, what were we what were we talking about? Um, oh, yeah. Just Brandon Staley makes ridiculous decisions on the football field. Um, I do think that the Chargers defense 
may have looked better when Justin Herbert first got drafted versus now, although mm-hmm. we can still play the name game and I can give you Joey Bosa and Derwin James and uh, is Casey Hayward still there? I have no idea. But I don't think so. Ke- uh, Kenneth Murray, if he's any good. So they got, they got some names over there. So th- that roster should be in the playoffs. And I I thank God that the Raiders, despite the fact that I, I did not watch the entire performance of the Steelers in the playoffs this year. I still thank the, the Raiders for their efforts in overtime. <laughs> I guess I still wish they would have tied. Uh, I, that draft pick, we, we, we don't need those three extra spots in the draft. Don't mm-hmm. need it. Who needs it? Not me. <laughs> Want to get to these questions? I think I yes. got a good one. I think I got uh, a good one. Go for it. Okay. Cavs question. Oh boy. Uh, name. There have been four full-time head coaches in Cleveland at the same time as LeBron James. Name all four of them. David Blatt, Ty Lue. Yes. Oh, it's either Mike Brown or Larry. Brown. Possibly both. Uh, there's a Brown, and he wears glasses, and I can see his face. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Mike Brown. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we're in trouble. Is this guy still coaching? I think he may have just gotten a job. Let me look that up. I feel like Mike Brown's just been everywhere. Mike um, Brown's been a lot of places. No, the, the guy, the, the the last answer, I, he, I thought he got a new head coaching job, but he didn't. I am uh, – this is a dumb, dumb, dumb guess because why would he be coaching the Cavs after he I – th- I think Larry Brown was the coach of the 76ers when they made it to the NBA Finals in 2001. So this makes no sense. But uh, I'll say Larry Brown just because his last name's kind of similar. You got three of four correct. You got Mike Brown, David Blatt, and Ty Lue. The first one, I think it was just his rookie year he was there, but Paul Silas. Yeah, I was not going to get that one. <laughs> Do you even know who that is? Maybe I've heard of him before. Can't swear to it. I think he coached the Bobcats. No, not like that would help you, but. No. Um, how about this one? All right. I think this is also tough but fair. Um, okay. And I will make it a little bit easier on you, which makes me nervous that I'm even doing mm. this. But I'll, I'll, I'll narrow it down. Name all five teams Rudy Gay's played for. Oh, goodness. Uh, Memphis. Right. He played in Memphis, right? Oh, um, yeah. Uh, yes. Utah. I know he played there. San Antonio. There's two. So Memphis, San Antonio. I don't even know if I should be confirming these because as – like I don't want to reject something that you're just thinking out loud on versus a firm guess. Right. So I'm I'm gonna hold off until you give your final three submissions, but we will cross off Grizzlies and the Spurs. Correct. He plays for Utah right now. Um, so it's Utah, San Antonio, Memphis. But no, he played at Sacramento too. 
I think your question's wrong. I think your question's flawed. Because I know for a fact he has played with Utah this year. I said which five teams? Oh, I thought you said three. Well, I, I outside of Grizzlies and Spurs. Okay, okay, okay. So Grizzlies, I, I Spurs, know. Utah, Sacramento. So I'm down to one. Shit. See, he was drafted by Memphis. Played a long time with San Antonio. Not a long time, but many years, a couple of years. Playing with Utah right now. He played with Sacramento. Was he? Oh, fuck. It's going to be some random ass team that he played there for like a cup of coffee. <laughs> um, for some reason, a picture of him in a Pistons uniform is coming in my head, but I don't. Okay, so I'm going to lock in Memphis, San Antonio, Sacramento, and Utah. And then I got Detroit. You just got Detroit on mine tonight, don't you? I do. It Uh was the Toronto Raptors. Ah, I don't remember that at all. Jeff Passan just tweeted, Major League Baseball plans to cancel two more series, bringing the total to the first two weeks of the regular season. Oh, good. Who needs baseball? Not me. Even though I want it, I don't need it. I got one more trivia question for you. All right. I got one, too, so we'll be uh, be good. All right. All right. Okay. So the 1998 home run chase, we all know, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Who came in third and fourth that year in home run? Oh, and fourth. Okay. I, I, I watched. I don't even know if it was a 30 for 30 on this. There was. It sucked, okay. but there was. Ken Griffey Jr. was in the home run chase until, like, the midway point, and then those two just completely pulled away. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, no, it was Mark McGuire who pulled away, and then Sammy Sosa had, like, a 20-home run month that caught up. Right. So, Didn't he win the MVP, Sammy Sosa? Uh, I think. Um, so I will say Ken Griffey Jr. got one of the two spots. Just because mm-hmm. I just remember seeing his face in a graphic at, in like a June, but right. you know, whatever that does. So I'll, I um, I will be surprised if you get this one. I will say. Ooh. But when I say it, if you don't get it, I think you're going to be like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." Uh, well, all right, we we got to weigh our options here. The first guy. And based off of what you just said, that that's driving me away from the guy I was going to say. I was going to say Luis Gonzalez, who... It's not a bad guess. It's wrong, but it's not a bad guess. Yeah, I don't think that you would have said that, so I wasn't going to guess him. Because I don't think that you would have just assumed that I would have been thinking of him. But I, the next... When you said... If when I tell you, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. The, for whatever reason, the first guy who came to my mind was Frank Thomas. Um, mm-hmm. So he's a candidate. Also a candidate is Aroid, of course. Oh. Um, Texas was he a Ranger or a, no? He would have been a Mariner, I believe. Who? Um, he's there. A Rod. He would have yeah, been a Mariner. Mariner. Okay, so he's an option. Um. Holy – well, there's got to be a Yankee somewhere up there. So let's 
I don't think no. Jason Giambi was still in Oak. Oh, but he did have one year that was no because he won the MVP. Whatever ridiculous year Giambi had, he won MVP. I think um, that was so I'm gonna say it wasn't that year because. Well, he would would be in the AL. All right, whatever. What the heck, Jason Giambi and Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. is right. Um, let me do Giambi. Giambi. I didn't know Giambi started in '95. That's wild. But uh, Ken Griffey Jr. and Greg Vaughn. Uh, oh, um, wait, Greg Vaughn, not Mo Vaughn. Who's Greg Vaughn played for the Padres? Uh, yep. No shot. No shot. You don't even know uh, who that was. Um, I know who Movon was. Greg Vaughn. I know Movon stole an MVP from Albert Bell. That's all I know about Movon. But Greg Vaughn, I just like, I when I was researching this question, I'm like, oh, Greg Vaughn. That that seems like a name everyone would know as like a slugger in the late '90s. <sighs> what teams are we talking? Maybe I was also uh, thinking Hovon, but man, I, I really, I, I can't even swear that I know who this guy is. But you know what? That makes it a good question. And he, let's see, how many All Star appearances did he have? He had four four All Star appearances, so I should know who he is. But all right, here's my question now to return the favor: Which two players in recent NBA drafts both got drafted fourth overall from the same college? Ooh, baby, that's a from recent draft. Yes. Okay. So who went fourth last year? Scotty Barnes. Oh, Florida State. Scotty Barnes and Patrick Williams. Uh, I didn't think you were going to get Patrick Williams, but you're right. You're right. All right, you win. That's so right. We're tied at one. It's one to one. And. Dang it, man! I really didn't think you were going to get Patrick Williams. Listen, I, you you, for, you talk about him a surprising amount of times. You just bring you you just bring his name up a surprising amount of times. That like him being the fourth overall pick is just drilled into my head. All right, I guess that's true because I always complain about how Florida State has all their best players on the bench. Yeah, they all, they all get the bench. Then they all get drafted in the top five. All right, I I guess I did walk into that one. I've been slowly walking myself into that one for quite possibly three years. Do you have the Big Ten Network? Yes, I don't have it turned on though. No, I if you if you no, I, you don't have to right now. But like when I was saying earlier about this Nebraska Northwestern game, I just looked over again at it. It is so bizarre. I can't describe what it looks like. I can't tell uh, if it's just my TV. Let me switch to another channel. 30 for 30. I hate Christian Leitner. Let's see what that looks like. No, that's normal. All right. So weird. I'll turn it on and we'll give it a live reaction and that's how we'll end this podcast. Let's see. My Beavers are down seven and a half, so we're covering at half. What's the spread? Nine. Plus nine. Uh Uh-oh. That's not not a good pace. Listen, I don't – you think my Beavers – this is my – the first time my Beavers have been under underdogs in the Pac-12 tournament. No, I I I don't. They're forty to one last year. Hey, if I gave you the all. question, where did Gary Payton go to college? Would you have known that one? Gary Payton. 
I don't think he went to a blue blood because I definitely would have remembered that. Um, is it Oregon State? I don't know. Yes, that that's why that's why that's uh why I didn't do it. Actually, apparently I don't get the Big Ten Network, which is unfortunate. Really? Yeah, we switched our channel package recently, and who do you have? I was very disappointed with the the channels that we lost, particularly the tennis channel. I. I can't use that as just background noise in the middle of the night anymore when they're in Europe. Who do you have? Um, as far wait, what? your your cable provider. Oh, Directv. Ah, I have YouTube TV. Yeah, we uh, we cut the cord. We're 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 a progressive family. We, yeah, well, I mean, we've got a bunch of subscriptions going right now. We just haven't cut the cord yet. <laughs> So as far I as like, have the subscriptions to everything. So as far as like Hulu has live sports, we're, we're not into that. We're not a Hulu we're not a Baker Mayfield Saquon Barkley family yet. You um, want to go to the Baker Mayfield statue on? Yeah, I guess the, and I, throw tomatoes at him. Yeah, I guess uh, you guys are just giant Baker Mayfield supporters up there in Cleveland, huh? I do like how Oklahoma does that. They build a statue for every Heisman winner. That is kind of cool. Yeah, I uh, I thought he deserved it too with how awesome he was at Oklahoma. Oh no, he he, he is an all time great college football quarterback. But I you can you never won a national championship, but he is an all time great. Uh, he was good in that Georgia game. I mean, they blew a huge oh, lead, but what a game! Uh huh. <laughs> I might watch that game tonight. Hey, three top five finishes in the Heisman Trophy. I'm not sure if anyone else has done that. Maybe Tim Tebow. I feel like Tim Tebow. Yeah, did Trevor Lawrence do it? Um, I don't think top five. I think he, he was in the back half of the top ten. Maybe his sophomore Watson. year. No, Watson only started two years. Unless I'm just making that up. Which I I've think here. Well, now I absolutely have to know the answer to that. Sean Watson. College stats. Let's see. He started 15, 16. Three years. Or the first year, it looked like he was just a mop-up. Yeah, yeah. In 2014. Yeah, because they weren't very good that year. Because 2013 was Taj Boyd's last year. And then... Up Ohio State. Yeah. uh, Sammy Watkins. 16 catches, 220-something yards, and two touchdowns. Oh, brother. I mean... That was, like, kind of the game that derailed everything. That game may have been, like, sneaky, the most important game in Ohio State history. Not going to lie. Because um, that's where Braxton Miller originally hurt his shoulder. He hurt his shoulder in that game, and Kenny Guyton had to come in for a couple series. I think Braxton Miller ended up coming back, but that hit he took in spring ball that knocked him out for the year uh, actually turned out to be a pretty good thing. <laughs> yeah, that was also the um... – uh, that was the year you guys were supposed to be in the playoffs. Which year? 2013. There was no playoffs that year. Uh, the national championship. Yes, 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 yes. We were supposed to be in the national championship. We kind of, we blew it against Michigan State. That, that They really sparked that up. Oh, God. I can't, believe I'm, it, I can't believe I'm talking about this game again. And then Auburn, and then Auburn, that was two guys, Myers. and then they, they blew a huge lead. 
That was Urban Meyer's first loss at Ohio State. Yes, it was. His because second he went, year. It was he the was big 24 Ten Championship game. His first loss at Ohio State was his second year in the Big Ten Championship game. That is preposterous. <laughs> because Ohio State is prone to accidentally losing games they shouldn't be losing. Especially in the Urban Meyer era. Uh, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm surprised Purdue never caught him. Well, they did, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> but um, I'm surprised Purdue didn't catch him early in the career. Especially when they're – because – God. I, I, they should have won the national. Who played in – was that Auburn and Florida State? Yeah. So, who they – they would have played Florida State. Oh, they would have won them. They would have won here's them. The, here's the most run-down trivia question in the history Ooh, of the state of Ohio. Where did Urban Meyer coach before Utah? Bowling Green. Ah. State University. Exactly. Do you know Bowling Green State University had a number one pick in the NBA draft? No. I Actually, it was one of my, I think it was one of my trivia questions last, last week. It was Chuck Share. Oh, here's a question for you that you should know the answer to. Oh, baby. Who's the, who's the only Notre Dame player to get drafted number one overall in the NBA? Austin Carr. Yes, Mr. that's Cavalier. right. That's right. Nebraska is putting it on these fucking nerds. <laughs> Thirty-four to twenty. Let's go as four and a half point dogs. I've been, I've been, I've been having some good success with some dogs today. I bet Syracuse earlier today, and they won by a thousand. Speaking of which, what about um Nebraska? Buddy? The way they're finishing their season, they they had that was two the reason huge I took wins. That's the reason I took them. I, they were one of my picks today, and I was I was doing my research earlier this morning. I'm like, Nebraska's the hottest team in the country. Yeah, would, both Buckeyes and Badgers went down. They they've covered in four straight games heading into the tournament. They've won three straight games, and all three of those games were on the road. They beat Penn State on the road. They beat Ohio State on the road, and they beat Wisconsin on the road. Ohio State and Wisconsin are two really good teams. I I agree entirely, man. They're, They've been impressing, and they're not a very impressive basketball team. They're not going to hey, win the Big Twelve, but or the Big Ten, but uh, well, I, they're really not going to win the Big Twelve. I promise you that. Maybe a couple of years ago, they would have. Yeah. Hold on. What exactly do you mean by a couple of years? How long ago do you think Nebraska left for the Big Ten? Like eight. Eight years ago. The, was, I know it was during the era of Will Compton because he talked about it, but. No, they left. They their first season in the Big Ten was 2010. What? Yeah. No way. Because the last game in Nebraska football history was that 2009 Big 12 championship where that's right against Texas. They, yes. Yeah, they, they got, got screwed uh, out of that game. They, no, they did not. Bo yes, Pelini thinks Bo Pelini thinks they did, but they did not. There was a, they put one second back on the clock because Colt McCoy decided to just take his sweet time throwing it out of bounds. And made it one of the most controversial plays. Oh, I was going to say one of the most controversial plays ever. That would have been a bit hyperbolic because I don't know if that many people cared. Although no. Texas did go to the championship because of that game, so it was a big deal. That smoked. Do you know yeah. the player who knocked Colt McCoy out of that championship game? Uh, Marcel Darius. That is correct. Oh, nice. Um, he was quite good in college. It's pretty damn good. I'd yeah. argue. Who was 
Who was the first round defensive player that played with Cam Newton at Auburn? Oh shit! Uh, uh, don't tell me it. God damn it! I know who it is. He was drafted third. <laughs> Nick Fairley. Uh, he was not drafted third, but he was. You're right. He may he have been drafted third. I think he was drafted thirteenth, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, by the way, you lied to me. They left in 2012. What the? Oh well. I'm um. Nick Fairley. Bo Pelini said on that podcast that they were uh, that they were, well I guess he meant that they were just going to leave the Big Twelve or something but he made it sound like that that was the end. Uh, actually, it was officially in 2011 they announced it. 2012 they officially joined. Or uh, okay, 2011 so, is when they applied for membership, and 2012 is when they joined. Okay, well he must have been telling some inside stories of how like the like. They were. It was they, already known that they were going to lead the Big Twelve. I don't. Know, I, I listened to the Bo Pelini podcast on, of course, Bustin' with the Boys, yeah. which uh, you and I are both fans. Which, by the way, I'm about to listen to the the Mike, Mike Allstott. Allstott. That's what I'm going to do after this. I'm going to watch what? it. I, I've shifted my life has shifted into listening to podcasts to watching podcasts now. I. It is a that is a great guest that they pulled in Mike yeah. Allstott, and the generation right before us was a huge fan of his. He was, I got to imagine, and I don't know this to be factual, but I got to imagine part of the reason Peyton Hillis was number 40 was because of Mike Allstott. Like, I just, oh, yeah. That just feels right. Um, That's right. Fullbacks who actually used to carry the football, uh, bring them back into the league, please. Uh, <laughs> give us Dave. give us some eye formation. Uh, enough of this, you know, Kyler Murray with four wide receivers and a, a third down running back just running around. No. We need some yeah, 3.3 yards a carry. Final score, 9 to 6. I, we, I we need, need, yeah, we need whatever formation that was in like Madden 08 or whatever when oh. the Seahawks would have Sean Alexander just directly to the left of Max Strong, who was directly, directly behind Matt Hasselbeck. Whatever formation, I don't even know what that's called. It's not an eye for, it's not an offset eye. Because, Are you describing the wishbone? Possibly. Um, say say it again. Say what the formation. Describe it. Uh, the fullbacks in a three point stance, like right. three yards behind the quarterback. Right. And then the running back is either directly to his left or directly to his right. Do they have two the, running back? A two is it a two running back set? Yes. Yeah, that's the wishbone. Well, hey, we need more of that in the NFL. Um, that's what I'm saying. Listen, my ultimate goal in life is when I retire, I'm going to move to a small town and just coach high school football and run the wing <laughs> tee. That's all we're doing. We're running the wing tee, and that's it. I want to be like that one dude who never punts. Always goes for two. Like Onside kick every time. And then we're just going to run the wing tee. The most basic-ass 1920s offense of all time. Like that guy got fired other than by the offense is going to be analytically sound. That guy got fired by Presbyterian, by the way. The guy oh. who did that. The uh, the guy who never punts and always Coward. goes for two. And well, always I think their first game in the FBS, they lost like 80 to nothing. So that might have done something <laughs> to do with it. Or like Division One football. I, um, I was very sad to see that their coach did not last because um, – uh, the score, the, his record was not very good, and um, a, 
I gotta pull up his stats and then we can get out of here. Presbyterian football coach. Steve Engelhart. Wait, no. It's Kevin River... Kelly. Kevin Kelly is his name. Yes. Kevin. He Kelly. came from Central Arkansas. Coaching record. Wikipedia. Let's see what that's going to tell me. A uh, 216, 29, and one career high school record. Um, uh, wow. Good. Uh, and nine AAA state championships. Um, and a two and nine record in college. Uh, yeah, bad. Yeah, not great. Um, the twenty. Yeah, he only coached twenty twenty one. Let's see if they have a Wikipedia. Yeah, let's see if they got some stats going on here. Just not a single stat. Wow. Do we have scores from games? Hold on. 2021 Presbyterian. Google, you're going to have to help me out here. Because I don't know how to spell Presbyterian. No, not high school, you bastard. <laughs> Let's see. Go Blue Hose. Their name's the Blue Hose? That's uh, unfortunate. Uh, their first game. Oh, no, their first game. Oh, oh, he started off hot. I mean, <laughs> first two games of the year, he won eighty-four to eighty or eighty-four to forty-three against St. Andrews. His second game, he won against Fort Lauderdale, sixty-eight to three. And then he played Campbell, and they lost seventy-two to nothing. <laughs> they lost sixty-three to forty-three to Dayton, thirty-eight to thirty to Moorhead State, seventy to thirty-five to Davidson, sixty-nine to twenty-eight to San Diego. 56 to 14 against Stetson, 65 to 55 against Valparaiso, 57 to 32 against Marist, and 54 to 15 against St. Thomas. Okay, so yeah, the the analytics are telling me that this is not working. No. My dad just texted me that my uncle played with Josh McDaniels and Casario at John Carroll. Oh, really? Yeah, I knew he, I knew he play, I knew my uncle played at John Carroll. I didn't know he played for those guys. And he said, oh, he believes Bill Pullian's son. Uh, the, the NFL roots. That's, that, I can't, that's such an odd college, too. Just a small D3 in Ohio. Uh, that's what football know, really is, is just Division three football in Ohio. That, that's all this is. Everything you're seeing on your television in the NFL, yes. all this. Uh, Odell is dancing in the end zone because of Don Shula, just so you know. Listen. <laughs> John, that's so. It's so funny to me that John Carroll is the breeding ground of NFL excellence. Exactly. Everybody, from one way or another, is from the state of Ohio. Mm, it, it always comes back to Ohio. Exactly. And the Gruden brothers are from Sandusky, Ohio. Yeah. Urban Myers yeah. from Ashtabula. Yeah. Uh, we have, you know, even some lack of success comes from Ohio sometimes. Oh, listen, there's been plenty of that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, we got to bust out of here. Um, w- one day we will do this. We will have just the just the oral history of Ohio football coaches podcast. Oh, and I got some things do, to say. Yeah, we will do nothing but analyze all of the – all of the history of Ohio coaches. That's um, oh man, we're gonna have My a good dad time. Just with that. Text me, Jim Trestles from Berea. Like I don't know that. <laughs>
<laughs> I uh, I was gonna say it, but then I realized that that was probably already known. Um, he's from Menor, though. I don't know why. Is he from? Is it he that. officially from Berea? Because I remember. I think he's from Mentor, but he went to Berea yes because yes, his dad yes. was the coach at Baldwin Wallace. Okay, Mentor. That now that sounds familiar because I remember. When OSU played Florida, they had a giant, of course, pregame whole deal about, oh, the, both coaches are from Ohio, and they they cited him as being from Mentor, so that, that makes sense. I uh, Guys, ass wolf, too. Uh, yeah. Um, That's always crazy to me. One last note is the Super Bowl and the National Championship game that year, both opening kickoffs were returned for a touchdown, and both teams lost. Uh, both teams lost handily, too, yep. if I'm not mistaken. That was – I don't remember the Colts-Bears score, but – It was disgusting, but the Bears were so bad. I think they fumbled like five times. Oh, they actually had a rainy Super Bowl. That's right. We, we got to even the score and have a snow Super Bowl in Lambeau. Was it – there was supposed to – was it – it was like supposed to snow in the Seattle-Denver uh, game because that game was in New York. But it ended up being like negative 20 and the Broncos just didn't show up. <laughs> yeah, they were the ones who were supposed to be able to hand the, handle the cold. That's right. All right. Uh, no idea what's coming next week, but I got to bounce back with this trivia because That's I right. I took a loss today and I was not ready for that. Um, I, I did not expect DJ to re- remember who Luke Jokel was, but <laughs> think uh, again. He, he yeah he, he surprised me. So we have more trivia next week, more sports. Um, I. I just cannot believe that the NFL is possibly going to match its performance this week. So we might not talk NFL unless they surprise us and pull off an encore. Um, maybe NBA. We'll see what we're, what we're dealing with heading into the last month of the season, basically. Oh, college basketball. Probably right. going to be talking it's about that. Sundays, the Sunday. Yes. Uh, probably going to be breaking down our brackets. I will actually be uh, reporting live from St. Louis next. Mm. Uh, so, I am inevitably going to forget that there's a time differential between those two cities. And DJ's an probably going to have right? – Yes, so DJ's going to have to remind me. Gotcha. Uh, he's probably going to text me. And when he says, ready, question mark, I'm going to be like, uh, no, we're supposed to be an hour <laughs> from now. But no, he'll actually be correct. No, so I'll remember. I will uh, – I know you're going to remember. I'm going to forget. But <laughs> anyway, we're probably going to be talking college basketball. If, if Hopefully there's – some good news about baseball until then, uh, between now and then, but we'll figure that out until then. Everybody take care. Peace.